Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear me, Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to um, study your word. I pray that you, your Holy Spirit, will be here with us and open our hearts and minds to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. It was last um, Christmas Day, December 25, 2013. We went to um, our family and I decided to go to Northern California for vacation. And um, so our plane landed in San Francisco at 11 o'clock. And we had a lunch engagement at 1 o'clock. So, you know, two hours renting a car and going there. They lived about, um, about 40 minutes from the airport. So we said, plenty of time, 1 o'clock, lunch, great. Problem was, rent a car. And that rent a car um, was actually about five miles from the airport, called Payless. When I got there, it was almost 12 o'clock. And um, it was, people were actually coming out of the, coming, I mean, the, the line was so long for the rent a car. People were actually, the line was outside the uh, rental car center. I was going, oh no. You know how long it takes to rent a car per, per one? And there's, when I looked inside, there was only one person who was trying to do all the transaction. And um, funny thing was, when I, when I saw the parking lot, there were no cars. And so I said, oh no. And when I looked in, there was a man and talking to this, um, the man at the counter, very, very upset. He said, I had my reservation, where is the car? I've been waiting for almost two hours. And this man said, sir, I told you we ran out of cars. We don't have cars. We're trying to get cars from other airports, San Jose and Oakland. And it may be, it may take an hour, maybe may take two hours. May not even get a car today. And I was about 20 person in line. <laughs> and so we called the, the person that we're gonna go eat with and said, I don't think we're going to make it by one. They said, it's okay. We'll just wait. Well, it may be much longer, than, lo much longer wait than you want to. Said, but that's all right. I'm just sitting there, standing there, very frustrated. What am I going to do? So we're trying to look for other um, rental car places, but they all ran out of car too. What I found out later on was that 
December 25 is his busiest day to rent a car. So I did not know that. I thought they would be quiet, but actually December 25. If you're to rent a car, do not rent a car on December 25. Okay. And this man was so mad. And uh, I'm just watching him. He was a physician from Korea. He had flown from Korea, landed in San Francisco. He had two children. Uh, one, one was a daughter, the other was son. And they were going to UC Berkeley. And um, he was yelling at him and said, I have to go. We've been, we've been waiting here for two hours. I have my reservation. And then the next person goes. He said, I'm from Norway. My, um, my wife and I are here for vacation. We've been waiting. I mean, one by one, they're just beating this guy up with their words. And I was not very happy. But I, it was my turn. So I went, um, I went to him. And it was my turn to um, say some uh, angry words. He was a Hispanic man. I went to him. He would not even look up. He, would, he wouldn't even look at me. I said, excuse me. He was down. And at that time, Holy Spirit spoke to me. So you need to have a better attitude. He's having a bad day. <laughs> and so you know, all these people are just talking and they're all upset in this room. And I told him, sir, give me your hand. He's not even looking at me. And I made it very loud. Give me your hand. And so everybody's looking at me. <laughs> why, this, why in the world is this guy want this guy's hand? <laughs> Give me your hand. He put his hand out. And then he looked at me. I said, you're having a pretty bad day, aren't you? Everybody's listening. Yes, I am. Do you have a family? Yes, I do. Would you rather be here or with your, or with your family? I mean, this is a Christmas day after all. I want to be home. So why are you working today? I need the money. So um, and there's nothing you can do about this, right? I mean, you don't own this company. You're just working here, and you're doing best as you can. Just rent out of cars. And I said, I tell you what. Let me pray for you. Everybody's listening. I pray very loudly. Dear Heavenly Father, please be with this man. He's having a very bad day. And uh, I ask that you give him peace and also help him help this problem to be resolved so everybody can get a car. As I looked at him afterwards, and he was just beaming. I saw peace 
on his face. And that room, right after prayer, became absolutely silent. Nobody was complaining anymore. Even those people behind, behind me, they said nothing. So I went outside, and I was waiting with my family. And I said, you know, it may be several hours. You may have to get a taxi. I don't know. We may not even get a car today. About 15, 20 minutes later, this person came to me outside. He says, I want you to come, come over here. I go, I go in. He goes, I have a car for you. I said, wait, 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 wait. There were about 20 people in front of me. I cannot take the car. You have to give it to the first person. I mean, he's already very angry. You better give it to him. He goes, no, you have to take the car. I said, I am not going to take the car. So I'm arguing with him. <laughs> I'm not going to take it. He said, I'm going to, you have to take it. He, he will not say, he will not uh, take no for an answer. He just keeps talking and says, I will not give it to anybody else. You have to take it. I said, okay, then uh, don't have to sign things, you know. Don't you want my driver's license and my credit card information? He says, oh, just give me your driver's license. Forget about the credit card. Just, you just, here, just sign this right here and just go, go, just go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I took the car and went. I was the first one out. <laughs> and um, I felt a little bit guilty, but not too guilty. <laughs> and when I came back later on, I found out that this whole, everybody got a car within an hour. So God really answered the prayers. Amen. Anyway, I learned something that time. I could have acted like the other people, you know, because I had reservation, reservation number and everything. I could have said the same thing like everybody else did. But because the Holy Spirit was talking to me, saying, you need to be nice to this man. It's not his fault. You know, in Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46, there is the parable of sheep and the goats. In 31 it says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was and hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was stranger, you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you come unto me, came unto me. 
Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and feed thee, thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left, Depart from me. So he says the opposite. You know this story well. In page 637 of Desire of Ages, it says, Christ on the Mount of Olives pictured to his disciples the scene of the great judgment day. She's talking, he's talking about this parable. This is what's going to happen on the judgment day. He presented his decision as turning upon one point. Your decision of salvation depends on this one point. When the nations are gathered before him, there will be but two classes, and their eternal destiny will be determined by what they have done or have neglected to do for Jesus in the person of the poor and the suffering. If you look at this, there's going to be just two classes, sheep and the goat. And it is determined by what they've done to their neighbors. You know, I was, um, when I was in, when I was, when I was doing a residency in Orlando, Florida, uh, I was a youth pastor. In fact, I was a youth pastor when I was in medical school. And during my residency, I was a youth pastor, as well as in my fellowship, I was a youth pastor. Anyway, in Orlando, I was a youth pastor, and um, my wife and I decided to feed the homeless on Friday nights. So Friday nights, we'll take um, soup, Actually, that soup is really good. We st she still makes it, and she, we call that homeless soup. <laughs> um, she makes soup, and we also make sandwiches, and, you know, the, the youth helped out. And uh, we will go every Friday night to feed to uh, the homeless in downtown Orlando. And it came uh, winter time. One winter, it was very, very cold. And so we said, why don't we get some coats? Let's get coats for these people. Jackets. Because they're, they're going to be all really, really freezing. In fact, that Friday when it was particularly cold. So we asked the church members and, you know, their friends, and we got a lot of jackets. And I went to my closet, and I looked at all the jackets that I had, 
And I said, is there any chance that I can, I'll be wearing this one day? <laughs> if there was, I wasn't going to give it to him. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think I'm going to ever wear this. Here, here it is. It's, I, you know, my attitude was, I'm going give to give to them what I don't need. Huh? Junk for Jesus. Junk for Jesus, right. And so, um, but you know, uh, we took all those, we had so many jackets. And when I went there, because it was so cold, you know, we took the soup and we fed them and the, and the um, sandwiches. Then we started giving them coats. And I was wearing a very nice jacket, very warm, thick jacket. And I was, I told them, everybody gets one. So people started coming, and they're just shivering. And so everybody started getting one. Then one person came, this young man came, and then he went back. He came back second time. I go, wait a minute. Didn't he just get a jacket? But I didn't know. I wasn't sure because there's so many people. Maybe I, I was mistaken. He came the third time. <laughs> I was going, I can't believe this guy. Third time he came to get a coat. So he went. And I, I was very upset. I said, I, I'm going to go talk to him. You know, in fact, I'm going to get two of his jackets or coats back. So I went around the corner. And here he was. Just shivering. He didn't have any jackets. I said, hey, I saw you take three jackets. Where are they? He says, well, these people there, they were, some of them were on wheelchairs, crutches. Sir, they cannot go and get the jackets for themselves. And you know what? He gave all those jackets to them. And he went without, the jacket, without a jacket. And he was shivering. I was so condemned by this man, his actions. He was closer to Jesus than I was. He was actually closer to heaven than I was. And I, the tears came to my eyes. And I said to him, I'm really sorry. I really misunderstood you, misread you. You're cold, aren't you? Yes, sir. I said, you know what? I have a jacket that I'm wearing. I want you to have it. So I gave him my best jacket. <laughs> and I, when I took it off, I was so cold. I said, everybody, we're going home. <laughs> Pack up right now, please. <laughs> and I learned a great lesson from this man. He was homeless. Even though he was homeless, he was taking care of other people. 
This is right here in 638 of the Desire of Ages. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. 1 John 4, 7. Those whom Christ commends in the judgment may have known little of theology, but they have cherished his principles. Through the influence of the divine spirit, they have been a blessing to those about them. Even among the heathen are those who have cherished the spirit of kindness before the word of life had fallen upon their ears they have befriended the missionaries even ministering to them at the peril of their own lives among the heathen are those who worship God ignorantly those to whom the light is never brought by human instrumentality yet they will not perish. You know, um, I do a lot of skin cancer surgeries. And um, there was a time that I had an agreement with one of the plastic surgeons in Chattanooga. And uh, he, um, he said, you, I will send you patients, and this is the deal. He made it very clear to me. My job was to remove the cancer by using a technique called Mohs micrographic surgery. That gives, us, gives almost 100% cure. We know the cancer is out when we're done. However, it's, a lot of times it leaves the, leaves the patient uh, a, a large scar, I mean large hole, a defect. So the plastic surgeon said, after you clear them, clear them, send them back, then I will close them. And uh, so... This, um, I met this young lady. She was about 30 years old. She had a very large cancer on her left lower eyelid. And I looked at her and her insurance status and it says cash. That means no insurance. And um, so I started doing, I worked on her for maybe five to six hours because I didn't want to, I wanted to be very, very careful to a little bit at a time to make sure we, we get complete cure at the same time, not remove normal tissue. After we, are clear, we, we cleared her, I said, now you need to go back to the plastic surgeon because he's the one who referred her to me. But she said to me, I don't have $7,000. I go, what? I don't have $7,000. Because the plastic surgeon said, I have to, he's going he's gonna to repair my defect in the hospital, and the bill for the hospital and his charge would be $7,000. Mm-hmm. 
if I were to do it, if I were to do the closure, it's only a few hundred dollars. So there's a huge difference. And so she was begging me, Dr. Chung, please do the closure for me. Well, I was trained in plastic surgery too, so I could do the closure easily. But you know, it's, a, it's almost, it's a um, political suicide, you know what I mean? If you do something, and they already had a schedule for her, and I do the closure, and they lose all that money. And I'm thinking, if I close this lady, I probably will never get another referral from that doctor. And I was right. After this incident, I never got another referral from that doctor. And so I closed, I closed there. And um, now it was time to give her a bill. And I was talking to her and she said, she just finished um, cosmetology school. She, she cuts hair. She's trying to start a business. She applied for 10 care. But, you know, it was growing so quickly, she couldn't wait. So she went, that's why she went to the plastic surgeon. And, um, and so she said, I don't have much money and I don't have any insurance. So I said, okay. So I'm praying. Well, what is the right thing to do here? <laughs> what am I gonna do? How much should I charge her? I said, immediately I said, I'm gonna just charge her half. Holy Spirit talked to me and said, do not charge her. I said, wait a minute, I just, I just spent so many hours with this lady. And not only that, I probably will never get another referral from other doctor. He's going to be so mad at me. And so not even charge her for anything. How about I am now arguing with the Holy Spirit. How about a fourth? I said, no. It's very strong, no. How about the cost of the, the nurses and the material? It's not that much. Holy Spirit said no. How about just for the sutures? <laughs> said, no. You know, when the Holy Spirit talks to you, don't argue, okay? Because you'll never have peace, okay? If you follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit, you will have peace. Because as I was arguing, I, I did not have peace. So she had, she was there with, she was all bandaged, and her, um, uh, her um, mother was there too. I said, how much um, do I owe you? I said, you know, this was, this was free. You can just go. You don't have to pay. And both of them started crying. 
just started crying and and they said thank you, thank you, thank you and, and left. And I didn't hear from them. Anyway, I totally forgot about the incident. And you know, we have Bible studies at our house every Wednesday. It's been going on for about 17 years. And one of the Bible students went to Chattanooga. This is probably about 10 years after this event. Went to Chattanooga and said, he, he went to Chattanooga to get a haircut. And he was, he, he was getting a haircut. And uh, this person said, so where are you from? He says, oh, I'm from Dalton. Oh, do you know Dr. Chung? He goes, yes, I do. In fact, I go to his Bible studies. He's, he's the one, he's a very nice guy, nice man. He knows the truth, but I don't know why, but he did not want to get baptized. You know, and I've been working and working, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit was working in his heart. And he, um, he was inviting her to the Bible study, and, and at the same time they're talking, and she said, you know, I'm going to tell you what happened years ago. Told the whole story about what happened. I went over there, I had this big cancer, and, and uh, he took the cancer out, and he did a plastic surgery closure, and, and uh, he didn't even charge me. <laughs> that was her thing. And um, this person came back, had his haircut done, came back to the Bible study. He just said, that day I was not there at the study. Somebody else was giving the study because I, I, was, I was gone. I was out of town. He told that, he shared this story to all the Bible students. And then he came back. When I came back, he said, I want to get baptized. And you know what I found out later on? You know, be nice to your hairdresser or the person who cuts your hair. You know why? Yeah, they like to talk. They talk. They're talking, cutting your hair. They have nothing to do except talking, right? And she was, I later found out, she referred over the years hundreds of patients to me. Oh. <laughs> and so, you know, they will come from Chattanooga to Dalton because she said, you need to go to Dalton if you have any skin cancers. And you know what? I didn't know what was happening. You know, um, financially, I gained much more than occasional referrals from a plastic surgeon. But this lady is talking to everybody. <laughs> See what benefit you get when you listen to the Holy Spirit? And this other person gets baptized. How much does a soul worth? How much? A lot, infinite, right? And you know, I was so 
you know, I found out, I only found out about it about 10 years later. But it seems like it, while you're obeying God at that point, you feel like I'm losing a lot right now. You know what I mean? Six thirty-nine of Desire of Ages. As you open your door to Christ's needy and suffering ones, you are welcoming unseen angels. You invite the companionship of heavenly beings. They bring a sacred atmosphere of joy and peace. They come with praises upon their lips and an answering strain is heard in heaven. Listen to this. Every deed of mercy, how many? Every deed of mercy makes music there. Can you imagine? I mean, even the smallest, you just open the door for somebody. You just, you know, even the smallest thing you do for others. Every deed of mercy makes music in heaven. The Father from His throne numbers the unselfish workers among His most precious treasures. One day, I was, um, you know, we have right now about 30 to 40 people coming to our house for Bible studies. And um, one person in particular um, is a pharmacist. And um, kind of stubborn. He knows the truth. As he was studying, he was telling me many, many times, this is the first time I'm really understanding the Bible. And I feel like, um, you know, I know Sabbath is the day of worship that God designated. And he said, you know, um, but I have my own pharmacy that I open on, on Saturdays. And I have to open on Saturdays. I said, well, you know, you need to do the right thing. You need to close on the Sabbath so, and come to church with me. For the longest time, he says, no, I mean, I just can't. I mean, I'm going to lose so much money. Anyway, what happened that one day he asked me, would you mind coming to one of my clients or customers' home and pray with this man? Because he has lung cancer and he only has a few weeks to live. So it was Friday night at 8 o'clock. Now, I was scheduled to speak in Knoxville the following day. And so I had to get up early to go to Knoxville. So I thought, you know, this man, I'm going to just do it for the sake of this, um, this, this pharmacist. So the pharmacist and I went to his house. And there was this man, he's a Baptist, very strong in faith. He was sitting on a chair, 
he could not move. He had two grapefruit-sized cancers on both of his lungs. And the cancer had spread all over his body. They had been treating him with chemotherapy and radiation for two years, but it just kept getting worse. And he kept getting worse and worse and worse, so they told him, we're going to give you oxygen. He was on 100% oxygen. Give you oxygen, you go home, and just be, you know, just be comfortable at home. So they didn't give him any hope from just leave, not to come back. And so I went over there to his house. It was 8 o'clock. And I started talking to him. And he was saying, I know my whole church is praying for me. And I know God can do anything. He can cure me and all these things. But in my mind, I said, you're going to die. Because, <laughs> you know, I had prayed for so many people in the past of, for healing. Not one survived. And so here was another one, you know. So here was this man, I just, so this, my friend who's a pharmacist, he and I were there and we just started praying and, and I asked him, what do you like to eat? Because he likes to eat pork and uh, ice cream every day and sweets, some type of a cake. And I told him, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. That is not a Eden, Garden of Eden diet. And that's not a, so I gave him little, you know, um, education about diet. I was not really doing for him, but for his wife. Because I knew he was going to die. And so I told him the right, right way to eat and all these things. And then we started studying the Bible and went through the Bible promises. We ended at 4 o'clock in the morning. Eight hours. I was so tired. But as I was, you know, I, I was going to stay there only for about maybe 30 minutes. But, you know, God just kept me there. Just kept praying and just keep on studying and just went through. I think went through every single verse in the Bible. Genesis to Revelation. Anyway, um, after we're done, left, with, a, with our final prayer, went home. Two weeks later, I get a call from the pharmacist. He goes, guess what, John? I said, what, did he die? He goes, no, he went to the doctor yesterday. No trace of cancer. Not only that, do you know what he's doing right now? He goes, what? This man, when I went there, he would not move for eight hours from that seat because he couldn't. He was breathing so heavily, slow, with 100% oxygen. This guy who could not even move, guess what he was doing on that day? Mowing his lawn. Can you imagine? I said, 
I can't believe this. And I repented for my lack of faith. <laughs> and this pharmacist came to me and said, I like to go to church on Sabbath. Close my shop. Tell me more about the Sabbath. Amen. Tell me how I need to keep the Sabbath. i tell you something. I had a hard Sabbath because I had to get up early in the morning, go to Knoxville, remember? And I was there instead of 30 minutes. I was just going to go there, just have prayer, and then give him a few Bible verses and just go home. But I stayed there until for, for eight hours. You know, I tell you something. Because I followed the prompting of the Holy Spirit, even though I was so tired, God gave me energy. He kept, you know, I like to go to sleep relatively early, <laughs> not four in the morning and get up two hours later and go to Knoxville and speak, you know, it's just, that's not my usual way of living. But this time it was so, you know, I was just following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, one got a spiritual healing, the other got a physical healing. It's amazing. And this man has over 50 relatives in Dalton. And they said, I want you to come back so you can give us Bible studies to our whole family. Because this is such a miracle. I mean, nobody could cure, you know, my husband except your prayers. I said, praise the Lord. It was not my doing. But it was doing, you know, God, had, God has purpose for everything. And sometimes we don't, under, we don't understand, we don't know why God tells us to do certain things. But we just have to follow. You know, I tell you, um, I had a... That Wednesday was probably one of the highlights of my entire life when I heard that he was mowing his lawn. <laughs> it was amazing. And there was another lady who, has, who had stage four, last stage of um, breast cancer, who lived in um, Athens, Tennessee, which is about an hour and a half from where I live in Dalton. And somehow she heard about my prayer curing this man in Chatsworth, Georgia. And so they asked me to come and pray for her. Oh, oh boy, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a miracle worker, but I guess if God wants me to go, I'll go. So I, pr I went over there. I stayed with her for about four hours, from 8 to 12. Then um, I got a call. She was going to Vanderbilt, and this cancer had spread to all of her body, and it was eating up her bone on her hip, 
right hip, and she was having constant pain there. And she said, when she went back next time, guess what? No cancer. So I called her every week just to make sure, are you really telling me the truth? She said, I don't have any cancer. They told me not to come back for a while. I go, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Two in a row. After all my life praying for people's cure, and they're not Adventists, but I had the opportunity to tell them about our message. And because of her influence, her friends all want to have Bible studies with me <laughs> in Athens, Tennessee. You're just too far from me. And so um, I tell you, we have to really worry about other people. Because what do we read at the very beginning? It says, and he, Jesus, represented, represented its decision. A decision as to be saved or be lost. As turning upon one point. When the nations are gathered before him, there will be but two classes. And their eternal destiny will be determined by what they have done or have neglected to do for him and the person of the poor and the suffering. You know, remember the man behind the counter at the um, payless um, rental center? The Hismatic man? He had a badge. His name was Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> In the form of this man who was suffering. It was Jesus that was being, that was showing my kindness to. I tell you something, this world is full of sadness and sorrow, right? There are many people that you can help. You don't have to help people just by financially. You can help them in so many ways. The best way the best gift you can give to other people. You know what it is? Hmm? Yes, kindness. Showing Christ, right? Telling them about the gospel. And next talk is going to be about the most important thing we can do in this life. Let's have prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we can really study from your word. But what, how are you going to ultimately judge us?
It will be determined by how we treated others. I pray that we will live a life according to what we have learned. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.